0: seven. Stand
1: Good morning, Met fans. Happy Monday to you. How you doing? Beautiful day in the New York area. Big series coming up this weekend, this week against Atlanta. And we go to Chicago, the Windy City. But first, let's talk about this past weekend. What an emotional weekend it was. Keith Hernandez's day was picture perfect. Could not have gone better. Uh, Well-deserved tribute to Keith. I was there. It was immaculate. Uh, the crowd was really into it, reminiscent of those late '80 crowds. And it was just a beautiful day. Keith deserved every ounce of accolades and applause he got that day. Uh, fantastic. One day I will never forget in Met fandom. Uh, Mets won the game in dramatic fashion, too. and The last time they won a game under those same exact circumstances was Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. We remember that one, don't we, Mets fans? (laughs) Unfortunately, the Mets split the series. The Marlins are a pesky, pesky team, and they have good pitching. And they have an outside shot at the playoffs. With pitching, you're never out of it. So it's going to be interesting to see where the Marlins go from this point on. (laughs) Uh, But what happened yesterday? Well, we could have taken the series, but we wasted a brilliant performance by Taiwan Walker as we lost 2-0. extra innings. Like I said, we split the series. Now in the top of the 10th inning yesterday with the game deadlocked at 0-0, Billy Hamilton, pitch running on second base to start extra innings, stole third base. While doing so, Thomas Nito had a throwing error that brought Hamilton home to make it 1-0 Marlins. Then Luke Williams drove in another run with two outs off Tommy Hunter, a fastball right down the middle to bring home Jesus Sanchez. The Mets had the tying runs on base with two men out in the bottom of the tenth, but Francisco Lindor struck out to end the threat and the game. Now Taiwan Walker was phenomenal yet again. He threw seven scoreless innings, allowing three hits and one walk while striking out seven in 99 pitches. Just a fantastic effort from Taiwan Walker. Walker has been a true stud for the Mets all season long, and his ERA is now down at 2.63. And he deserves his all-star nod. He was picked for the all-star team, but we'll see if he can find his way uh, to the all-star game and maybe even get in a few innings pitched. It looks like he probably will, because next time he'll go is Friday. So that would be a perfect opportunity for him to pitch in a game, and we shall see. be nice to see him pitch. Now, the other side of the ledger, the pitching ledger, was Sandy Alcantara. And he has to be the front runner for the NL Cy Young Award this year. And he was just as good. He allowed six hits, but the Mets couldn't score a run while he struck out four. And he moved his ERA to 1.73 ERA on the year. And what a pitcher's duel, two of the best in the business. While the Mets did touch him up a bit, they were 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position against him. Louis Guillerme was the only Mets to secure a multiple hit game off Alcantara. Hitting the eighth hole, he went three for four, all singles, as Willie continues to play well when he's in the lineup. Now, the Met bullpen was great after Walker left prior to Hunter's appearance. Drew Smith secured it in the eighth inning, while Edwin Diaz struck out two of his three victims in the top of the ninth. But a tough one to lose. Uh, we were lucky, in a way, we won Saturday. So, like they say in baseball, all things even up. So, uh, a little disappointed we lost the game to the Braves. But again, tonight is going to be something special with Max Scherzer going against Max Freed. A double Max effort. Now here are some of the audio highlights from yesterday's ballgame.
0: Wendell at second and Bertie at first. That's a ground ball in the hole. And Lindor will go to second when it gets the out there on the first double play. Oh, wow. Well, this is the sign a pair of great gloves up the middle. Sanchez on deck. Hamilton's running, the pitch is low, the throw to third by Nito goes down the line, and Hamilton will score. And Williams lines one into center field for a base hit, Sanchez being waved around third, the throw by Nimmo to the plate comes up short, and the Marlins have added a run in the tenth, it's 2-0. And he walked him, and the Mets have the tying runs on base one strike away 2-2 count struck him out Tanner Scott fans Francisco Lindor, and the Marlins get a split of the four game series
2: Hey there it's Keith Hernandez and-
1: So there you have it tough loss for the Mets uh but we did have Keith Hernandez coming at the end of that audio bite. And what a day for Keith on Saturday. Oh, just fantastic. I still can't get over it. Uh, just great, great, great day. And hopefully it carries over to the Braves series. It's a great, great series against the Braves. This is what baseball is all about. And the Mets efforts this year have not gone unrecognized. As Four Mets, including Pete Alonso, were named to the 2002 MLB All-Star roster. Although they weren't named starters, these Mets were named to the 22 roster for the National League. First one, Pete Alonso. Now this is Pete's second All-Star nod. Alonso leads the Mets with 23 homers and 70 RBIs lead the majors. Cleveland's Jose Ramirez trailed him by four entering Sunday. Now entering Sunday, his 537 slugging percentage and 886 OPS are also team highs. Alonzo said it's something that I really take pride in. I'm really happy that I was able to play my way into the game, and hard work pays off. And how about Jeff McNeil making it? Jeff McNeil, who joined Alonzo in Cleveland in 2019, is now also a two time All-Star, as he has bounced back quite nicely after a disappointing 2021. McNeil says it means a lot. It's my second one, so pretty excited about that. Last year was a tough year for me, so just being able to work hard in the offseason and kind of had a bounce back season to be recognized for that is pretty special to me. Now McNeil has a 315 batting average and 376 OBP and those are both team highs and his average is the sixth best mark in the majors and that's based on stats entering Sunday's game. Among second basemen he ranks first in average and on base and third in hits. And how about Edwin Diaz? This is Diaz's first all-star selection since joining the Mets. He was an All-Star in 2018 as a member of the Seattle Mariners during his 57th SAFE campaign. Diaz, who struggled immensely in 2019, has turned his New York legacy around and has been nothing short of dominant. Diaz said, It means a lot because my Met career didn't start the way I wanted to, but being able to get back on track this year, I made the All-Star team, and I'm really happy. Now, check out these numbers. Diaz has 17.8 strikeouts per nine innings by far the best in baseball, as well as an easy career high, which is certainly saying something. In his last 17 games, he has allowed just one run spanning 16 and two-third innings for a 0.54 ERA and striking out 36 batters. And last but not least, Starling Marte. Marte now makes it for a second time in his career and is always great becoming an all-star in your first season with a new team especially with the pressures in New York involved. So hats off to Starling for handling everything well, coming to the Mets in a pressure-packed year where a lot was expected of him. He's been a consistent present in the Mets lineup, owning a 291, 342, 462 slash line with an 803 OPS, and that's not including Sunday's game. But we'll see what his groin injury will say about him potentially missing the game. He's currently slated his day-to-day. So the main thing is to get him healed, but it would be nice to see Starling in the All Star game. I should say playing in the All Star game. He won't be starting. Now here is Starling's reaction to making the All Star team.
3: No moment. Uh, it had been something that me and my family had been speaking about uh, for the last couple of days. Uh, once the the finalists results came out, we were, we were trying to figure out our our plans for for the break. But um, when I got back to the stadium today. And I was pulled into an office, and I was given the news. I, I was emotional, and I immediately changed my plans for, for the break. And uh, but but I'm excited to go out there, um, to spend time with my family. No, yeah it was just because of all the work that that everyone that was supporting me was was putting in trying to get people to go vote and um I've, I've always said that everything's in God's timing there was a point where I, where people were frustrated with how the voting process was was coming out the finalist voting process was coming out but once I was able to share the news it was just one of those like you see like all the hard work paid off all the all the getting up getting people to go vote paid off and um, like I said God's timing is perfect what you be looking forward to the most? It's really just having just having fun, uh, making sure that the kids are able to go out on the field and, and meet all the players that they want to meet, and it's really about them just so they can experience that moment for themselves.
1: So there's Starling Morte. Congrats, Starling, on being picked to the All-Star team. Now here's Pete Alonzo.
2: I mean, it means a lot. It's something that I really take pride in. I'm, I'm really happy that uh, I was able to play my way into the game, and uh, hard work pays off. For me, it's the, it's, it's the same. I mean, it's, it's such a high honor, and, um, again, I'm just really appreciative of, of the opportunity. Again, it's it's hard work paying off, and I'm really happy I get to represent my team in the city of New York and L.A. I'm, I'm really stoked. It's going to be a fun time.
3: You guys have four guys going. I don't think you've had that many since like 2007. What's it like having such a big group going with you?
2: I mean, it's really special. And I mean, we should. I mean, we're we have one of the best records in baseball, and our team is super talented. So we we should we should have that many guys. We have an excellent team. I never said I was going to do the derby yet. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the All Star game, and it's going to be it's going to be a really fun time. If I'm if I'm doing it, I'll let you guys know. (laughs) All right,
4: thanks, guys. So, so then what's, uh, what's your reaction to making the All-Star?
3: He is psyched.
1: He is psyched. And now, how about Jeff McNeil? Let's not leave Jeff out of the equation. See what Jeff has to say.
4: You know, it's my second one, so uh, pretty excited about that. Um, you know, last year was a tough year for me, so. You know, just be able to, you know, work hard in the season and, you know, kind of have a bounce-back season to be, you know, recognized for that is, you know, pretty special to me. I think that's, you know, that's really special to me. You know, just kind of grew up, you know, going to Dodger Stadium. You know, kind of have, you know, so many baseball memories there. It's going to be, you know, pretty fantastic to, you know, be back there and, you know, playing in the stadium that I, you know, grew up going to. Yeah, you know, I think my favorite part about, the All-Star Game in '19 was was the Home Run Derby, and I think it's going to be, you know, I think that was probably the most fun night, and you know, watching Pete do his thing, and you know, that was just you know pretty incredible. So, you know, looking forward to you know Home Run Derby again, and you know, seeing the guys compete out there, and you know, just the atmosphere of Dodger Stadium. I know that stadium you know holds tons of people, so you know it's going to be loud, it's going to be fun, and I can't wait, can't wait to be there. You know, gives me a lot of confidence, and. You know it shows that uh you know I'm one of I can be one of the best players in in the big leagues and um you know just take that going forward and um you know keep you know kind of preparing every single day and you know doing well and um you just it does give me a lot of confidence um you know that that I can play with play with the best i i i was hoping um you know i I'm actually really happy i was you know I was voted in by the players so um you know really happy that they were able to you know see what I did this year and you know be able to get that uh you know recognition from the players and it was my second player um player vote uh I got it in 19 as well so um happy the players you know are seeing what I'm doing this year and um you know, happy they voted me in yeah uh this is you know pretty gonna be a pretty special you know week and a half uh you know we're having our first child on um the next few days so uh, you know, baby's first game might be, might be the all-star game. So, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, pretty, pretty exciting. And it will be, you know, extremely a uh, you know, cool memory for me.
1: Congrats, Jeff, on making the all-star team and the birth of your future child. Exciting times for Jeff McNeil. Now let's not leave out Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz has something to say about making the all-star team and he has had probably the best half year i've ever seen from the met reliever way to go edwin uh he has just been lights out everything we expected and here he is talking about.
5: i have as a personal goal you know i made that goal so i'm I'm really happy to go to la and represent our team it means a lot because you know the my best career didn't start the way i want to but i've been able to like get get back in track and you know this year i made the austin you know I'm really happy, yeah, really happy. Yeah, I think with these things, you know, I think more when I get to the game and get the big outs, I prove them that, you know, that's the guy who they, they must try for, you know. And getting the, this invite to us again proved, too, you know, in some points, like they trade for an all and I'm you know, really happy. I maybe, I mean, you know, I want to I wanna get into the game, I want to pitch in the game, but, you know, I, I like, I want to be in the in the Hot Run Derby. I hope he competes, you know, I want him to win again. And, you know, walking the red carpet with my family, you know, would be awesome for me. I I want to face the best three-hitter, you know. I want to challenge them. I, I want to go there and have fun, you know. I don't care if I get couple runs or whatever. I just want to have fun, you know. I want to challenge them and to face the 3, three hitter from the American League. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can face Do- Judge, who was made it for the, uh, the A.O. Uh, Alvarez Otani, you know, Otani, face those yeah. guys it would be awesome.
1: So it looks like Edwin Diaz is psyched about making the All-Star team, and that's good. If he does pitch against Judge Rotani, that'll be must-see TV. Now, as the rivalry between the Mets and Braves is really amping up and turning into what it used to be back in the late 1990s and early 2000s, guess who's so going to the Atlanta Braves? Robinson can know. Who would think? Yes, he was acquired by the Atlanta Braves from the Padres in exchange for cash considerations. He was designated for assignment by the Mets when the rosters had to be cut to 26 players in May, and San Diego brought him in. After Cano was DFA'd by the Padres, he had a stint in the minors. Now the Braves are, get this, are 28-8 since June 1st, including a 14-game winning streak that began on that date, cutting a double-digit deficit in the division standings to less than two games. The Mets currently lead the Braves by one and a half games in the division, and two teams kick off a three-game set in Atlanta on Monday, where Cano is expected to be activated. Cano is slashing a measly 149-182-189 this season with both the Mets and Padres, but he is expected to join the big league club for the series against the Mets. So add that to the whole recipe for what's going to happen against the Braves this week. It's going to be fun. Now with this big Braves series coming up, it's going to be something else. Uh, <laughs> you know, after yesterday, it was emotionally draining after what happened Saturday. Next inning victory and in the pitch-perfect Keith Hernandez ceremony. And they were probably looking ahead a little bit to the trip to Atlanta. That's no excuse. But caught between those meaningful events the Mets had to sort through who did and didn't make the all-star team, and to face an opponent that was suiting up a whale of a starting pitcher, probably the best in baseball in Sandy Alcantara. And they lost the chance to enjoy their playing right south, where the defending World Series champs are playing like they are fixing to go back. Now, not long after the Mets lost in 10 innings 2-0, Atlanta beat Washington in 12 innings 4-3. On June 1st, the Braves were 10 and a half games behind the Mets, they have since gone 29-8 and eight to cut the deficit to one and a half games to remind their familiar foes from Queens that no part of the National League East will ever be surrendered to them without a spirited and bloody fight. Asked about the challenges that the Braves presented his team, Buck Showalter responded by calling them another obstacle, just like the Marlins were another obstacle. But then the manager right himself and met the query's intent. He said, we understand because they're the world champions. At some point, you know you're, they're going to be part of it. That's a given. I've been saying all along, them being a competitive force in our division is a given. You know you're going to have to figure out a way to better them, to be better than them to win the division. That's something we knew in the spring, and nothing's changed. So at the end of his post-game pro- press conference, as he walked away from the microphone, Showalter said, that was a good one. Only one a brave question. There will be plenty more asked and answered over the next three days for the sake of old times. When you want to learn more about a seemingly potent Mets team, Put in the same ballpark of Braves and watch how everything plays out. Starting in 1995, after the Braves were traded from the NLS to the NL East for a 94 season that was never completed, they won 16 division titles, including the first 11 and the last four. Talk about streaks. Woo. The Mets have won only two divisions in the same period. So you could say that, yes, the Braves have had the upper hand there, haven't they? <laughs> uh. And in their only postseason encounter as NLE's teams, the Braves beat the Mets in six games in that memorable 1999 NLCS. For the longest time, what say what the Patriots have meant to the Jets, the Braves have been to the Mets. The Wilpon transfer of power to Steve Cohen didn't change any of that, as last year's Braves went on an October tear after the Mets collapsed again and got a manager fired again. No matter how much oil the Mets keep leaking over the rest of the summer, Showalter won't be going one-on-done the way Luis Rojas did. He's one of the best managers the Mets have ever employed, and he still has them 20 games over 500. He still has them in first place. And he still has them believing they are in the early stages of a genuine program that will make them consistent contenders in the coming years. But you know what? Unfortunately, the Braves are going to be there right, too. Ryan Snitker is a great manager in his own right, and he has his own winning program, just like Bobby Cox did. Two great Brett managers the Braves have had over the years. And once again, that program is coming on like a freight train. Francisco endorsed it. Whether it was the first day of the year or tomorrow, it's going to be a challenge. They're the World Series champs, and the offseason, they got better. So, I mean, we played well against them the last time, a 2-2 series split in May. Now we've got to get it done at their home. And you know what? They really do. Now more than ever, with two on and two outs holding advantage of a 2 nothing count in a ten Sunday, when Dor had a chance to win it at one swing. Instead, he took three swings at Tanner Scott Sliders and missed them all. The Mets ultimately wasted a great performance from Taiwan Walker, in part because Thomas Nito, who was the big hero on both sides of the ball Saturday, airmailed the throw to third on a vain attempt to catch Billy Hamilton stealing. That's the way it goes. One day you're a hero, one day you're to go. and the day wasn't without its encouraging news. Uh, Starling Marte isn't headed for the injured list, and, oh, he found out he is one of four Mets headed for the All-Star game. Uh, Alonzo said, We have one of the best records in baseball and a team of super talented, so we should have that many guys. Well, we'll find about more about that starting on Monday night. Lindor said, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to show up in Atlanta. They're definitely going to get the best of us, and we're going to get the best out of them. Getting the best out of Braves usually isn't a winning formula for the rest of the NL East. It's time for the Mets to turn this rivalry into a two-way street. Yes, I am pumped. It's, this is what we look forward to all off-season, isn't it? So uh hope you're like me and really, really going to enjoy the Mets. Uh, this week it is going to be a blast. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, James McCann was put on the IL, and like I said, Marte is day to day. Uh, James McCann was returning to the injury list for the second time this season, and Buck Walter expects a starting catcher to miss more than the minimum ten days. McCann suffered a bleak injury while playing a tag in the sixth inning, of Saturday's 10-inning win over the Marlins. He also spent more than six weeks on the I.L. with a fractured hand before being activated on June 25th. Patrick Mazika was recalled from AAA Syracuse to back up Nito in Sunday's series finale at City Field. Uh, Showalter said it won't just be the I.L. period. It'll be longer than 10 days. Obviously for the team, too, this stinks, but he's disappointed for McCann, Showalter said. Uh, Buck went on to say the trainers were talking about it. I don't know if they've ever heard anybody recorder get back from a handmaid injury. I know Mac was really disappointed Saturday night, wanted to get some different news, but it's the nature of what these guys do for a living. Showalter said the Mets actually got good news from the MRI results on outfielder Starling Marte, who departed Saturday's game with left-going tightness. Uh, Showalter said, we'll look at him day to day, and I'm hoping it's not too long. Marte, one of four Mets selected to the NL All-Star team Sunday, has a slash line at 380, 436, 600 over his last 13 games to raise his overall average to 291 with an OPS of 803. Everything came out fine, just slight inflammation, Marte said through a translator. translator. I've been feeling it for a couple of days, and though it was something I could play through, I'm getting some treatment, but hopefully I'll be out there as soon as possible. Now, infielder Kramer Robertson was in the clubhouse before the game and was likely to be activated Monday to replace Jeff McNeil, who left after the game on paternity leave for the birth of his first child. Robertson's mother, Kim Mulkey, is the head coach of the women's basketball team at LSU. Now, Showalter said the Mets will announce a schedule for Jacob DeGrom's third minor league start after he comes through a side session on Monday. And outfielder Travis Jankowski, he's coming back. He's expected to rejoin the Mets in Atlanta. That's the plan, Showalter said. You want to make the baseball guys laugh, tell them about your plan. So it's gonna be fun. We got Travis Jankowski coming back. You know, the guy who doesn't have a jersey. <laughs> but uh we'll see what happens there. It's gonna be fun. Uh what else is fun? Well, baseball group, and here's the shameless plug. New York Mets Baseball Way of Life. If you're not a member on Facebook, please do join. Great content from not only uh, myself, but a lot of great group members and a lot of interaction and a lot of thought-provoking posts, and you'll enjoy it tremendously. And if you're not subscribed to this podcast, please do join. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. We're up almost every day, so please do join. and let's see what else is going on. We, we've got to do the baseball trivia in Jeopardy as always. Uh, let's get to that. What do you want to do first? Okay, looks like you guys may want to do the trivia first. Here's the trivia question. Who, when he left the Mets, had the franchise record of 281 stolen bases at the time? And the Mets final Jeopardy for today? Are you ready? Are you ready? Hmm. Here's the two clues. Known for giving up Barry Bonds' seven hundred fifty-six career home run on August seventh, two thousand seven, 2007, which broke the all-time record formerly held by Hank Aaron. Second clue on December eleventh, two thousand one, was part of a big trade as he was traded along with Roberto Alomar and Danny Peoples to the New York Mets for Matt Lawton, Alex Escobar. Gerard Riggin, Earl Snyder, and Billy Traber. Lock in your answers. We'll be back at the end of the podcast to tell you how you did. Now, what else is going on in the group? We got a great picture of Willie Mays when he became a Met. What a big day in Met history. A couple photos there I'm sure you enjoy. And Tim Healy noted on Twitter that Andres Jimenez is an all-star. Francisco Lindor is not. Baseball man, what a sport. And we got a great picture of Keith Hernandez portrait which was made up of Stratomatic cards and His own baseball cards. You want to check out that photo. It's beautiful And as always we celebrate Met birthdays and Transactions on this day in Met history. Are you ready? Five birthdays to celebrate today. Ted Schreiber born in 1938 Jack Heideman, born in 1949, Donnie Wall, born in 1967, Mark Whittle, born in 1972, and Blaine Boyer, born in 1981. And there's some transactions on this date. 1967, the Mets traded Chuck Hiller to the Phillies for harmonica playing Phil Wins. And on this date, the Mets sold Jim Fregosi to the Texas Rangers. I guess that no one trying. Ryan trade didn't work out, and that was in 1973. And the Mets on this date signed free agent Bill Allman, who was a huge draft pick back in the day, uh, number one pick overall in 1980. And on this date in 1988, the Mets traded Gene Walter to the Mariners for Ed Nunes. And on this date in 2006, the Mets signed free agent Ruben Tejada. And on this date in 2009, the Mets signed free agent Angel Barua. A lot of good stuff happening on this day in med history. And then we also noted that during a 15 game stretch in 2000, Mike Piazza had an average of 349 with 8 homers and 28 RBIs. His streak of 15 games with at least one RBI is the longest since 1922. And as always, good content from Mike Fried. And then we did a poll. What Met number should be retired next? Interesting results. Forty percent of you said Gary Carter, 25% of you said David Wright, ten percent Dallas Strawberry and Dwight Gooden, Bud Harrelson, Ed Cranepool, Ed, Edgardo Alfonso and Mookie Wilson got five percent of the votes. So if you're listening, Met fans, that's what Mets management I should say, that's what the Met fans want. And we noted that Edwin Diaz has struck out 70 to 139 batters. He's faced this season. We also posted a picture of Steve Cohen hanging out with Wu Tang Klang in his own box. Steve is a man of the people. Good guy, good guy. And we had a picture of Alex Rodriguez at the Mets. Uh, retirement ceremony for Keith Hernandez, and I put a comment, thank we as a fan, not an owner. We dodged a bullet there, Met fans. Hilda Comas moero posts a great picture of the all the numbers retired up in City Field. Beautiful shot. Thank you, Hilda. And that's going to wrap it up for us uh, for today. Uh, before we do, let's get back to the trivia question. And the Jeopardy question, and we'll see how you did. Lock in your answers. Maybe you were the first to get it right in the group, and we'll mention you if you did. Once again, the question was, who, when he left the Mets, had the franchise record of 281 career stolen bases at the time? Well, the correct answer is Mookie Wilson. Congrats to Sam Barbera on being the first to submit the correct answer. And the Jeopardy, two clues as always. Known for giving up Barry Bonds, seven hundred fifty six career home run on August 7, 2007, which broke the all-time record formerly held by Hank Aaron. And the second clue on December 11, 2001, was part of a big trade. He was trade along with Roberto Alomar and Danny Peebles to the Mets from Matt Lawton, Alex Escobar, Gerard Riggin, Earl Snyder, and Billy Traber. Uh, the correct response to that is, who is Michael Basic? Congrats to John Tierney on being the first to submit the correct response. Well, there you have it. That's going to wrap up the podcast for today. And don't forget, the big series starts tonight. What a matchup. Max Scherzer and Max Fried. Uh, what a way to start the series. should be fun. It's almost must-see TV if you're a Met fan. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk all about it. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for your patronage. Enjoy the beautiful weather and enjoy the Met game tonight. Talk to you tomorrow. Let's go Mets. <laughs>